scheduled for Thursday night. We won't get that thing locked down. That's going to be put out next week. But I just want to give you something for this week just to have it out there and to create, you know, a conversation or a dialogue of some sort. So there it is. I want to start off first by just talking about my weekend and then I'll get into the shit. Okay? The shit. All right. So my weekend Start off on a Friday when I got a text message from the good homie George Lawrence. Shout out to you, George Lawrence of GLP. You know what I mean? George Lawrence Productions. Part of Motor out here in the city doing his thing, you know? So I got a text message from him. He said, Yo, when do you want to come by and pick up this tequila? And I said, Oh shit. I won. So earlier in the week, there was a contest on Instagram um, where, you know, you mentioned, you tagged two people in it and said, hey, who would you want to share a glass or a shot of tequila with, right? And I was like, yo, boom, boom. I didn't expect to win this shit. So when I won it, I said, hell yeah. And what I won was a silver Patron or probably Patron silver tequila. Nice, like decorated, like tin can, dope design on it. I was happy because I love tequila and I haven't had tequila in a while. Probably not for a couple months. And I, I mean, something because since I started this new health kick that I've been on, I haven't had any like real alcohol or whatsoever. It's just been water, smoothies, and more water. And just mad vitamins, son. Mad vitamins. So, let this tequila right now was still chilling inside the box. Has been touched yet and might not be touched for a while because if anybody's going to drink it in this apartment of mine, it's going to be me. And just me. Because the last person that came over here drank all my Hennessy up. And they drank so much of it that they just left like a little bit of it at the bottom. Like a, not even a full glass. Be like a shot of Hennessy is left in, in this little bottle over there. And they ain't say nothing. So every time they would come over, they'd be like, hey, can I make myself a drink please? Alright, cool. Not paying attention because I don't drink Hennessy like that. You know, it's, it's here for guests. For different people to come by Boom. This person was drinking all by themselves each time they was coming by, and I didn't realize until a day or two later, look at the bottle. I'm like, yo, you gonna leave that inside the bottle? Really? Really? No more Hennessy for you, yo. No more. I gotta be the damn Hennessy overseer out here in these streets, man. Get your own damn bottles, cuz. But nah, so, the only alcohol I'm gonna drink from now on, since I got that, is just like tequila and rum. That's it. Vodka, nah, hell no. Not really a vodka dude. But I will say this. I went to a vodka tasting event uh, at Maison, I want to say 108, down in the neighborhood. Yo, this vodka tasting joint, it was like a botanical vodka. That's right. It's botanical vodka. And this shit was delicious, yo. Because it was like grapefruit, it was peach. I think it might be like a cucumber mint. Every single drink they made with those vodkas was on point. And then damn near put me on my ass each time around. Cause like, yo, I had like lunch or whatever and I was still kind of full. So I figured, all right, I'm going out to this event, you know, get all dressed up and whatnot, slide through, have a couple drinks and I'll be all right. Yo, I had a couple of these drinks. I walked out. I said, yo, I gotta get home ASAP. 
So I'm waiting for the trolley to get home. I'm at the trolley stop. And I felt my body just move on its own. Taking steps back, steps forward. I said, okay, where this trolley at? Where's it at? I gotta get out of here. So the next thing you know, Charlie came. I was like, whew. I was able to get home, had mad water, and I got back on point. So I was good. But that was before I got on my health kick. Oh yeah, the company who made the um, mechanical vodka is Kettle One. So if you're a vodka fan and you love some exotic taste and shit, get yourself some Kettle One vodka. Um, Kettle One uh, Botanical Vodka. You'll dig it. You'll dig it. And Maze on one away. If you're ever in the city, it's on like 13th and Locust, I think. Yeah. So if you're in the, in the area and you're trying to have a good night on a Friday night, happy hour, swing through there. It's lit. I promise you that. All right. So let's go back to the weekend. So yeah, I got this Patron from the homie, but I had to go home early. I had to put in a shift for the homies. Yes, a shift for the homies. So, um, if I have mentioned it before, like, I'm a comic book head, and I always go to my favorite comic book shop in the city, which is Brave New World Comics in Old City. Shout out to Brian, Casey, and the homie Dustin, of course, and Rob. Rob wasn't there because Rob went to a wedding in the woods of Maryland. Yeah, in the woods, B. So, anyways, it was just us for me, Dustin, Brian and Casey and their two friends, Ed and Jen. So we were holding it down on Saturday because Saturday, which was besides, was besides it being Cinco de Mayo, was free comic book day. And dog, let me tell you something. You would have thought this was like the Dave Chappelle, Tyrone Bigham free crack giveaway. Because the store opens at 11 o'clock, right? I got there via the Uber at like... 10.45, and people were already lined up trying to get into the store. They had me outside the entire day from like 11 to like 8 o'clock for um, selling the, the dollar comic books. Yes, I was outside all day selling like dollar comic books out, out, out these boxes. It was like these, might have been like 9, 10 like white boxes on the, on the top and like a few boxes down below. And so of course, everybody's coming up like, yo, you got any uh, this, you got any that? You know, Thor, Avengers. I'm like, look, dude, this entire section is like a grab bag. So you find something you like, that's all you right there for $1. You know, I'm like, you got Marvel, we got DC, Image, Vertigo, Valiant, Amalgam. Like everything you want is out here somewhere. But of course, even when I explained it, people were still saying, uh, hey, uh, you know, I can find some Thor. Uh, you know, I can find Avengers issue number 140. It might look, son, I don't think you understand the, uh, the, you know, the, uh, the concept of this dollar box situation here. I don't know what shit is at. Yeah, I go find it yourself. I didn't say I don't know what shit is at because even though like that wasn't my job, I'm still there being professional, you know what I mean, representing the store. So I'm like, sorry, sir. And or ma'am, you know, I don't know what you're looking for right now. I can't seem to find it, but it may be in this section, that section, because I may remember seeing somebody buy Thor, somebody bought a Wolverine, somebody bought an X-Men over in that section over there, a couple X-Forces over here. Go for yours. And they did. And by the end of the shift, you know, I sold quite a few joints. It felt good put my retail hat back on again, you know, but at the same time, like, yo, dealing with a lot of customers coming at you, asking all kinds of questions. Yeah, that could be draining. But me being, you know, the nerd that I am and having the amount of knowledge that I have on certain subjects, I was able to freak it. Somebody asked me a question about what's this about? What's that character into? This and that. I was able to break it down. I even had a, a person roll up on us, probably around, might have been around 7 o'clock at night, 
He came in with a mission. He said, yes, I'm looking for um, a comic where the uh, the main character is a, either um, a woman of color or um, a queer person of color or just a queer person that, you know, that is like the lead in a comic. And I'm like, ah, shit. The moment we dustle next to me, we're like, uh, we don't know, right? So we mentioned like Storm, but we didn't think we had Storm in there. Or any of the most recent comics that may have had characters like that, it wasn't there. I tried to recommend a book um, called Love is Love that was a book of stories that was made to uh, made in tribute for the Pulse shootings at New Orlando. And if you bought the book, all the proceeds went to went to the Pulse charity. So but he wasn't cool with that book either. I said, ah, oh, shit. He's outside, about to leave, and I saw Batwoman. And I said, oh, shit, I found it. So if you don't know, Batwoman is, um, she is a lesbian in the comics. Boom, here you go. I said, Batwoman, you looking for, you know, you know, a queer lead in the comics? This is it right here. And homie was like, yes. When I heard the yes, I knew I did a good job. I said, here we go right here. You know what I mean? Another customer satisfied out here in these comic reading streets. You feel me? But I mean, I thoroughly enjoy being out there with my peoples because like, you know, I have a, one of my best friends, like my best best friend is like playing ball overseas. My other, my other best friend is like, he just moved to LA. My cousin, I always roll around with, moved to Portland. So it's just like, it's me around here pretty much. It's just me. So it's like, damn, who do I hang out with? So when I go down to the comic book store, it's like, it's not only for me to go down and look at comics, you know what I mean? It's really just me being around, being around people that I, I actually care about and I respect. So that's how that thing goes. But that night after, even, even during the comic book day, as hectic as it was, it just felt so good being around my peoples. You know what I mean? Being around Brian, being around Dustin, being around Casey, you know, all of us having our conversations, all of us connecting. You know, it just, it felt, it felt dope. It felt real dope. Shout out to Casey. Shout out to bikes out here. That's an inside joke that I'm not going to put outside. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, it was just a lot that I enjoyed. And the next day, Sunday, was my laziest day ever. I swear. I was just, I laid back. I didn't leave the house to like, Five o'clock, hit Trader Joe's the market, got back like 6.45, and I was in the house the rest of the night. I said, F this, I'm chilling. But um, I started like researching more tequilas I wanted to get. So I wound up getting uh, an Espelon or Espelon yesterday to add my tequila co collection. So I'm out here really trying to build up a strong tequila collection for my apartment just to have them around. Like, yo, I got this, I got that. If I can get some joints imported from other places, I'm like, boom, I got this. You know, because I, I feel like people collect wine bottles or they, they collect rum or whiskey. Tequila's going to be my shit. Yeah. Yes. I can still be classy out here with, the, with tequila out here. Because I feel like, nah, actually, nah. If you get wine, you're classy. If you get tequila, you're trying to get nasty. And I'm trying to get nasty out here in these streets this summer. Word. Responsible. Yet reckless, all in all. Word to mother, word is born. So dig. Um, after, I want to say, for the past couple of weeks, I've been like itching to get back into writing again. Because I love writing. I write in journals every day, my personal thoughts, ideas, you know, good thoughts, bad thoughts, filthy thoughts, anything that comes across my mind, I'll put it inside my journal, including the songs I'm listening to at that moment. 
of the day because it, it just it just does something for my, for my mind. I write for waterrights.com. And if you know the recognize the name, Water Rights Radio, under the same Water Rights brand, they broadcast this show. This very show that you're listening to is played on Water Rights Radio. But I first got into the company by being a writer. And I have a couple pieces already up on the Water Rights site. Now, I had the idea of writing this piece called Trust Your Process for a long time. I mean, I was, like, I'm in Philadelphia. You know, and the Sixers, their current mantra is trust the process, which was coined by Sam Hinkie, the former general manager and president of basketball operations for the 76ers about the process. Like a five-year process, we've seen how, like, we were getting these, building the team up from scratch, you know, and just reserving our power to the point now where the Sixers, who people once thought were whack, right, with, like, an okay record are now, like, a 2018 playoff team. So, yeah, shout-out to um, the Sixers. But back to the whole point of having this piece called Trust Your Process. Now, a lot of people out here tend to see celebrities on Instagram, rappers who appear like they got things overnight. You know, and everybody wants success. Everybody wants to be the, you know, the king or queen of their castle. So I wrote this piece to basically tell everyone that in order to reach the mountaintop, you know, or the mountain I used in my piece was Mount Kilimanjaro, uh, Mount Everest. In order to reach the summit of Mount Everest, you have to trust your process. And that process means putting in work, hard work, and believing in yourself. And having the, the faith in your own abilities because that's what makes all the difference. Nothing is overnight. And if it's overnight, then it's not going to last very long whatsoever because that's not how the thing works it's not how life works whatsoever you know like it took the six or five years to get to this point it takes many people years and years and years developing and mastering their craft before they can get to a point of being actualized where they can lay claim to success even when there's like pardon me bit my tongue wow <laughs> but even when they're successful. They still work. Because there's still work to be done. That's their process. You know, so when, with your process, you want to make progress. And I love those two words. They kind of rhyme, they kind of don't, but they fit together. Because you can't have one without the other. So yeah, I wrote about that today. Because I had it on my chest for so long. And I'm, I felt like I owed Wood Rice a piece. Because I hadn't written in a while. I'm like, I need to give something that's real, something that's dope. Because when I feel like I can't write anything or run out of ideas, I shut down. I'm like, screw it, on to the next. So, you know, I got into the podcast and to get myself going creatively in, that, in this direction. But I had something to say, so I said it. It's on the site. If you want to read it in full, it's on waterrice.com. And that's spelled W-O-O-D-E-R-I-C-E.com. And the name of the piece is editorial, colon, trust your, pro- trust your process. Say it again, editorial, trust your process. So now speaking of writing, I also have my own website called MikeBeyond.com. That's M-I-K-E-B-E-O-N.com. And I wrote two pieces that I labeled as unpacking. And unpacking really pretty much meant me just releasing tons of thoughts, getting things off my chest about different topics. I spoke about 
me working on my communication skills because I do. You know, um, I'm not as open as I should be about my emotions or how I feel about certain things because I just always under the uh, impression that I would upset people and I didn't want to do that. I'm not, I'm not a people pleaser, but at the same time, it was like if I can avoid an issue, then I would. But I realized like a while ago that's fucking unhealthy. It's horrible. And it makes turns me into a bitter person. And I don't like being that way. So I had to unpack it. Let people know what was going on. For my benefit more so than anybody else's. But for those people to read it, because you never know who may share, you know, in that dilemma. You know, people who may feel like they themselves are constantly like holding things in because they're afraid to release it. You know, you don't want to be emotionally constipated out here. You don't want that. And then I went down and spoke about my last like foray into like, you know, online dating and how that turned out and how weird that ended up. You know, I would tell you in the entire story on here, but I was just direct you towards my website, mikebeyond.com, and that is under the title uh, 5818 thoughts dot 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 the unpacking, right? So that piece in itself goes down with that. Next up, I wrote a piece called Unpacking NSFW, where I discuss sexuality. But, like, you find yourself, it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's weird. It's like the entire, like, kink and BDSM shit is low-key. It's kind of appealing, bro. It's kind of appealing. And I speak on it because of, like, yo, I've read books on it. People I know who are in the lifestyle. And there's a lot that I appreciate about that kind of sexual expression. You feel me? So it's, it's interesting. I'm not saying I'm out here, you know what I mean, with harnesses around me and shit. You know, but at the same point in time, like, I respect it enough not to hate on it. I heard a wild story this weekend. I'm not going to repeat it whatsoever. It's, it's, not, it's not my business to do that. But I tell you what, that is an extreme that I would not go to. Okay? Hell no. Hell no. But, you know, I feel like there's more to sexuality than just fucking. I mean, or just, like, just the physical aspect of it. There's a lot to learn. And I feel like even though you're, you know... Whatever orientation that you are, there's still a lot to learn about your, about your gender, about sex and sexuality, you know? So, me being a dude who's a bit of a nerd, like, I understand knowing more and getting knowledge of it, you know? Like, being sex positive and not slut-shaming. There's a lot, a lot, a lot that's in the mix with it. So, you know, there's a lot that's there. And the more that I learn, more of the people that I talk to and, you know, more experiences that I have, the better off I'll be in that department, for real. So there's that. And then you can find that piece also on MikeBeyond.com. That's like the second um, unpacking topic. Now here's the slick shit, though. I want to get into this. Because yeah, this is, this is a, uh, you know, a quickie episode. But this may go a little bit longer than I wanted to, but fuck it. We here now. Let's go for the go. So I want to talk about this. Over the weekend, Charles Gambino made an appearance on SNL. I'm sorry. Um, Donald Glover made an appearance on SNL. And, you know, his musical persona, Charles Gambino, performed on SNL. And performed a song called This Is America. Also, at the same time of night, the video was released for This Is America. And let me tell you something. The visuals for that video, astounding to me. I love the video. Now, he teamed up with the same director who worked with him on his show Atlanta. 
Atlanta is, is my favorite show at the moment. So, um, yeah, the video was dope. I had to watch the video a couple times because I was looking at focusing on one thing rather than the bigger picture. You know, you see Donald, you see him dancing, you see him like uh, posing as like the, the the Jim Crow caricature caricature caricature. You know, he shoots someone um, with their head in the back, right? He keeps dancing and moving. You know, doing all these crazy dances, the, the South African Guava Guava dance. He's doing, you know, the, the Black Boy JB Kick It joints. There's a scene where he, uh, there's a choir singing the hook to the song. He's dancing to him. Then he gets a machine gun, takes out the uh, the choir, right? And meanwhile, the riots happen behind him. Then you see, at some point in time, Death riding on a pale horse in the background with cops and riders. Then you look up, then if you keep paying attention, you see kids recording everything with their cell phones and the video to me was his interpretation of what america is at the moment a lot of us tend to get caught up on like on our, our news feeds we see tragedies happen but then we get distracted easily by the latest dance or the latest fads latest trends you know that is one of the struggles in this country is that so much is going on right now where we tend to be distracted by various forms of nonsense or various forms of media you know this is our world that we live in and i love that video and i probably have more to say about it down the line if i watch it like two three times but you know is to me i i loved it okay so fast forward when people didn't like it somebody said it was triggering but i'm like what the fuck do you think it was supposed to be would you want it to make you feel good would it make you feel safe no this is art and a video like that is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable it's supposed to make you think about things like that it's supposed to make you look at violence you know, it's supposed to make you look at the ugly part of what make this country, about what makes America America, at this current, at this current time. That's what it's about. People saying, oh, he did that scene about the the, the Charleston. They thought they interpreted the the choir being killed as, oh, that's a as that's a knock on what happened to those people in Charleston who was who were killed by Dylan Roof. But to me, I didn't see it as that. I felt like that may have been too easy of a reference to notice. But what I thought it was, maybe it may have been like an attack on faith or black spirituality, you know, in our, in our community. So it could have been that, but who knows? Because art is subjective and things are, things can be interpreted any way that you want. There's no right or wrong way to interpret art, especially if the artist isn't telling you what each visual represents himself. Or herself is up to you as the viewer of we are in a sense it's really up to you but i think the biggest issue that i had with it is rapidly rap kid on instagram might have been sunday posted a picture of donald glover and his girlfriend who's pushing a stroller for those who aren't aware donald glover's girlfriend is white who gives a shit i don't but they use that picture as a way to discredit him or how he's making a pro-black song using pro-black images and his girlfriend is, his, his girlfriend or wife is white. It doesn't make any sense. First of fuck all, fuckheads, part my language. But what in the world, what does that have to do with anything? What the, f what, what is, what is the, let me take, take a breath before I go all in. Why does that mean anything? Why does that mean anything? He has a woman. Who loves him? He loves her. They have a child together. They're happy. What's wrong with that? 
he made a song about this is America. So you mean to tell me that that song and video loses its message? That everything is compromised because his wife isn't black. Because she's white. That means everything is, is over. Everything's done for. What type of bullshit is that? This is why. This is why. Like I don't. I don't take people seriously these days. And so I feel like Dr. Manhattan from The Watchmen these days. I just want to be able to flick humanity away. Just go boom. Now flick that. Thanos. I just want to have the gauntlet on my hand, snap my fingers, and just like. Make half you fuckers disappear. Because some of you really focus on the dumbest shit of all time. Seriously. There are more important things to worry about in this life than who someone decides they love. Decides to love, excuse me. Are you serious? But that goes back to This Is America, the video, the distractions. People focusing on the dumb shit while serious problems are going on behind them. So let me ask you a question. Harry Belafonte was married to a white woman. Does that have any effect on on all of the work that he that he did during the civil rights movement up until now? Does that change anything? Hell no. Frederick Douglass's wife was white. Does that jeopardize his legacy? No. And I don't care what Umar Johnson had to say about that, because it has nothing to do with that at all. Let's go down the line. Malcolm X had a white girl he was dealing with before. You know, he became Malcolm X. Does that throw off his, his legacy? No. Martin Luther King Jr. If you watch the King in the King in the Wilderness documentary, that's on HBO. He, his first love was a white woman. But his pop said, oh, hell no, you ain't doing that. So that ended. But if that didn't happen, he may have been with her for his entire life. Would that have, would that have been a deciding factor of saying that MLK wasn't a good person and that his quest for civil rights didn't count. How do we measure this? How do we measure this? And also, who in the hell decided that, who in the hell made you, right? I'm talking to you people who are out here, you know, thinking that this shit is an abomination. Who in the hell made you guys judge and jury? Hmm? Who said that what you said is law? Who gave you the power to say that, yeah, what he's doing is wrong because his girlfriend is white? That means his message is trash. Get the fuck out of here, okay? Matter of fact, do yourself a favor. Choke yourself five times in the mirror. Go in the mirror right now. Choke yourself five times. Ah, ah, ah. Choke yourself. Because I'm, I'm tired of the ignorance. I'm tired of it. Like, people should be free to do what they want to do and love what they want to love. And the fact that you would invest so much of your time and your anguish into who someone is fucking or loving or marrying is pretty damn, like, it's pretty damn dumb. You feel me? It's dumb as hell. Also, for, you know, in this quickie on this note, I saw everybody was going to Kanye West over what he said. Slavery's a choice. Dumb as fuck. That was a dumb thing to say. Yeah. Lupe Fiasco did an excellent response where he said that, yeah, slavery was a choice, but not in the way that you think, right? He broke it all the way down. He wasn't defending Kanye West at all, at all. In fact, he said something really, really funny. I had to go through and find the actual thing he said, right? But the line was so funny to me that I had to make it a soundbite. So this is what Lupe said in response to what Kanye said about slavery being a choice and all that. And I think this statement sums it up correctly. And it goes a little something like this. Nigga, what the fuck are you talking about? 
Yes. What are you talking about? But I'm not doing this to continue to rag on Kanye. Um, but what I am saying is this. Instead of jumping on him, I have compassion for him. I have compassion because, look, he's a human being, and it's obvious that he's going through, like, issues. Mental health issues. You know, he said in a Charlemagne um, interview that he's on medication. And, look, I, I understand what he was trying to say, right, in terms of the, in terms of the free thought stuff. But once he started taking that, uh, that, uh, that excursion, took that, uh, took that side road, I said, my brother, what in the... I said... Nigga, what the fuck are you talking about? I, oh my good God, I, said, I can't defend that shit whatsoever. And I was upset at Kanye, man, because I got my Yeezus shirt I got upstairs from eBay. Fresh-ass Yeezus shirt from a tour he had. It was dope. I had planned to wear that on a, on a warm day. And that same day, I wanted to wear that shirt. This motherfucker went and said that shit about slavery being a choice. I said, damn it, Yeezus. Damn. Nigga, what the fuck are you talking about? So, yeah, you know, there's that. But no, but all, all jokes aside, I want to say this, my final statement. Like, I'm not part of this, this like, call-out subculture where it's cool to just, like, rag on folks just because someone else does it. Like, yes, you may be upset with what someone says. Got you. I understand. I'm piss you off. Yes. But I'm not with this whole toxic shit that goes on. I'm not. Because I'm, like, I've proven, I had to learn a while ago that being compassionate will take you a long way in this life. You got to be compassionate. You got to be a loving person. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially when you know people are dealing with their own demons. You feel me? Like, people who are on drugs and all that. Like, you can't judge people, you know? Like, people go through their shit because, again, like, you never know when you may be in a similar situation in your life. And the same harshness that you put out towards someone else could come back towards you. How would you like that? You wouldn't. And I understand, yeah, some call-out culture is done out of love, kind of like, you know, an intervention of sorts. But I feel like there's a different way of dealing with people instead of everybody trying to be on this mob shit and just, like, seeing who can insult who the worst. Because, dude, that's what it is. Like, I, I can look at Instagram right now and somebody make a joke and somebody will be on that same comment section trying to outdo that joke. And someone else see that, try to outdo them. And, like, people do try to say who can say the most hurtful shit ever. Who can be more foul. Like, for example, like, Blue Ivy is a child. She's defenseless. She's a child. Be on Instagram, you got grown people out here making jokes about her sexual orientation or, like, her hairstyle and things like that. No, this is actual things that I saw on the internet. I'm like, yo, this girl is, like, four or five years old. She's a child, and y'all are on this this weird vibe where you just want to be toxic and vile and vile you know and i don't understand what people get out of that and with kanye i'm like yo kanye's music for me to a certain point like got me through a lot of stuff i love listening to his music college dropout late registration um graduation you know all these albums that he did up to a certain point i loved you know and you can hear in his music that, you know, he is a sensitive person. And, you know, you can tell. People always talk about how he's affected by death of his mom. Well, yeah, you can tell he's still affected by that. And this is why, like, I can't be the one to point and, like, condemn him. I'm not going to be that guy on the net be like, oh, fuck Kanye, man. Fuck him. I'm not going to do that. Because it does nothing for me. You know, 
He's a human being, a flawed human being. We are all flawed human beings. But we all deserve compassion. We all deserve room to grow if we are willing to make changes within ourselves to be better people. That's how I feel about it. Like, I can't be out here judging motherfuckers all day, every day. Shit is stupid. I don't get me wrong. There are people I don't like, but I have reasons not to like these people, you know? Not because so-and-so said not to like so-and-so, so we all got to jump on the same bag wagon. Nah, that ain't it, you know? That ain't it. So like with Kanye West, I'm like, yo, I might not be a you know a fan of what he, what he recently said on TMZ, you know, but at the same time, it's like I can't judge him. I gotta show love. I gotta be compassionate. Cause again, like you hear about him having medication and you know, been being addicted to opioids. That's some real shit. But I can say this: I did laugh when that dude said, yo. I got lipo for y'all. So y'all wouldn't make fun of me that y'all made fun of Rob at my wedding for being fat. Dog, when I heard that, I said, Nigga, what the fuck are you talking about? And I had to leave it alone. I said, Mr. West, may you be blessed. Because that shit right there, I had no words for, you know? But let me leave y'all one final thought for this quickie episode. Spread love and you'll get love. Be righteous towards one another. Be kind. Be humble, my friends. That's it. That's all I got to say. Oh, by the way, uh, one of my favorite songs, okay, favorite albums to listen to right now is Royce's album. That album is called uh, The Book of Ryan. Uh, three of my favorite tracks on that album are Woke, Cocaine, Power, and First of the Month featuring T-Pain. But overall, the entire album is pretty solid. Uh, the Race Swimmer album is pretty cool, but I, I'm leaning definitely towards Sway Lee's section, which is uh, Swaycation. Heartbreak in Encino Hills is one of my cuts. I love it. And I think Buckets, which is like a Race Swimmer song featuring Future, dope song as well. And Designers EP, LOD, seven tracks. There's a song on there called Destination. I think that may be one of his best songs to date. Um, it's not like um, Panda, Panda, or uh, Outlet. Outlet's a cool song too, but not like something like any, anything like that at all. It's a different song, and I like to hear artists who some may try to peg as you know as one dimensional be able to express themselves in other you know in other types of, of production. And that song is great. It's called Destination. So yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Quickest one and done. Weird is new black. I unpacked some things, shared some things. Yeah, life is good. Peace.